0: Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots, Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Grown Up Fire, Season 3. I'm still on the Maritimes Tour. I'm here with Hilliard and uh, Mike. I got to tell you guys, I've been waiting a long time to hook up with you guys and have a chat here. It's been a little while. Yeah,
1: we've been waiting for you to come back. <laughs> yeah. 2019 since I've seen you, seen you in flesh and blood, that's, that's it, for like COVID, sure.
0: COVID, you locked me out. I couldn't get a letter to get in here and see everybody. So that's how it goes, right? a few
2: chats online, but uh, but you getting down, but yeah, no, you finally made it. It's great to see you. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. funny. It's,
0: uh, well, I, I get, I guess I get to talk to you Hillier a little more than uh, everyone else because of the challenge coins and stuff, but, uh, it, it always amazes me what a connection I have with the Nova Scotia Fire Service, right? And i it's kind of just good timing, I guess, because when it's 11 o'clock out here, I'm getting up in the morning and and I get to see all these things and everything going on and how you all work together. And so right away, I start to comment. And then within an hour, it's lunchtime here. So everyone actually has a chance to jump on, comment back. And, and so uh, it's nice to do it. Over the years, we've met each other uh, many times at many conferences uh, all around Canada and uh, doing different things. Even and in
2: the U.S., we bumped Europe. each other in exactly. the sand. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're down to Indy. Mike and I are walking along, and I I tap Mike in the shoulder and we're like, "Hey, that's Jamie and Troy." And he's like, "What? <laughs> Is it right there?" Yeah. yeah,
0: that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was right by those horses that were walking by. There. Exactly. Yes, right it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All the stories. Yeah. yeah. And so it's cool. I mean, it's part of that, uh, you know, being on the conferences and going to all the conferences and seeing everybody there. You can see everyone over in Ottawa, you know, you can see them down at Indy. And and uh, this year, you guys got all the way over to Saskatchewan, but I was in California, so yeah. I didn't get to, to do that. How was that conference? I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We really had no idea what to expect, but getting to that conference, getting to tour PA, Prince Albert, and and meet everyone there.
1: Yeah, that was great. Learned a lot, yeah. Other than you know, losing a little bit of luggage and coming back with COVID, the conference itself was fantastic. We met a lot of great people, some good contacts, and uh, I'd do it over again in, in a heartbeat. The conference parting gift was COVID. Yeah.
0: It was That's the parting happens, gift yeah. was COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Sitting at the Edmonton airport, I get a little cough, and I'm like, "Oh, this isn't good." And I already had my suspicions that the oh, hell was, uh, was down with yeah. it.
2: So we're just like. We didn't task or her, let's just get home. We, we, we got to get home. But, but when we were there for that conference, uh, the end of that conference, the last day was the uh, the Indigenous Fire Games. Mike and I get picked, I don't know, because of way or whatever, but we got to judge that event. Okay, awesome. And uh, that was like, that was really cool. There's some stuff I'll uh, bring back to uh, local training and some events that we might be able to do Mutual
0: aid style with that, that was awesome. And, you know, maybe that's the point of a conference, eh? You know, is to bring something back. and Not COVID, but...
1: Yeah, well, no. the, my big thing about getting together is always about the networking. There's always good lectures and good topics and stuff like that. And, you know, we get to sit in on Les Kerplux, uh presentation and whatnot. And, and that was a fantastic presentation. But the networking is what makes it for me. That's where I learn the most.
2: Yeah, we really live your hashtag always learning. Mike and I do. <laughs> you like guys do. they are digging in the story. trenches and, and listening and going where
0: we can, when we can. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so true. Okay. So let's, a uh, little bit of backstory on you guys. Uh, let's talk about your fire departments. So let's start with you, Hillard. You're uh, Middleton Fire Department.
2: Presently in Middleton. Been there uh, going on uh, six years. I've got, you know, 15, 16 years in the fire service. I started out in a very small department in uh, called Port Lorne. It's on the shore in the Bay of Fundy. I wore all the hats there. I uh, was a firefighter there. I was a captain there. I was the chief there for a few years. Uh, Yeah, wore them all
0: there. Janitor, counselor.
2: Uh, did not do the counselor. No,
0: no, took over from the previous counselor. but yeah, no. And then uh, we moved. No, he left to, the uh, janitor one out, eh, Mike? You yeah, know
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we moved to uh, Middleton. I always joke for those who say they don't want to be chief anymore, you could do what I did. I would, I left from chief and moved and uh, moved to Middleton and And became as the 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 nickname says the black hat, presently a captain uh, in Middleton. But yeah, I know that's how you can get out of doing that. Nice, uh, love it. Just got to move, eh? Just got to move. Yeah,
0: yeah. You've done it. Yeah, you know you know the drill. I don't. I didn't do it right. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I still ended up with the same title. Yeah. So
2: no, and a a long history. I I come from the South Shore, so here in the valley, I'm one of those from away guys. Although I've been here 23, 24 years, I spent a lot of time around growing up around uh, Hubbard's and Black Point Fire Departments, a little bit of time in Chester because I, I lived there. My dad was a firefighter in, in Hubbard's, uh, moved here. Mike, I've known Mike for 20 plus years and I uh, used to have a retail store and Mike kept coming in like, man, you got to join the fire service. You got to join the fire service. And he's been around a long time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there was a structure fire one day in town. In our little community, a neighbor, gentleman, three kids, you know, went up to see what I could do to help out. Like, just as a good neighbor, we had literally come back from camping and I still had a cooler full of uh, water and pop and stuff like that. Like, hey, I'll take this up to the boys. And then, like, that was it. I was hooked. Yes. Like, yeah, see, yeah. i yeah. Showed up back, on man. a structure <laughs> fire. Like, I'm all in now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all in. Yeah. And then the next weekend, we went out to a big uh, woodland fire. Uh, big for us, not big for uh, what you guys have, but it was a couple of day event. And like, yeah, that was it. I was hooked and been here ever since.
0: Your turn, Mike. I hope your stories is as good, because that's, yeah, that's what so, I need here.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I got into the rat race uh, in December of 1989. So I'm coming up on uh, 33 years here this December. So at the time, my best bud and, and still a very good friend and one of my best buddies, Rob Brown, we joined the same day. Actually, Paul Maynard joined in December of 89 as well. So Paul and I and, and Rob, are coming up on 33 years. But so we joined uh, in Bridgetown, and I was in Bridgetown for for 20 plus years, and we uh, Robbie made it the chief and I ended up being uh, the first deputy and and whatnot and second deputy and first deputy and kind of moving things around and had a lot of fun and stuff like that uh as a kid, just growing up in this, like, I had no real fire connection within the family other than, I will say, that my great-grandfather, John Lockett, he was fire chief of the town fire department back long before I was even thought of. But that's my only real connection to the fire service, other than just being a little kid and watching the trucks go by and then being in awe. Ah. My parents would always ask, like, what do you want to be? Because it was a running joke. And I said, I want to be a volunteer firefighter. Because I always use the word volunteer in front of it, right? Yeah. Not knowing that it. didn't that get paid a- or anything like that. <laughs> But that yeah. was gonna be my job for life, um, and then uh, has been so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and now I I reside in, and live in the neighboring community of Lawrencetown. I'm the second deputy there now. Been there for for quite a few years, uh, probably 15 years service uh, combined. Because I was in Lawrencetown and out a little bit and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's it's all good. The fire service is an interesting beast. And the the one thing that I enjoy the most about it is the networking and just getting to see
0: people and meet friends and, and do all the good stuff. Like There's just lots of fun stuff. And so you, you both do a lot of fundraising on your fire departments. And I just want to talk about that for a second, because the last time I was out, you were just cleaning up from your big fish fry. Yeah, So Mike, let's talk a little bit about that. I, I want people to know about that. So so our department, um, we're a standalone entity. Uh,
1: we own all of our assets and we're a not-for-profit organization. So, but one of the things that we need to do to subsidize the, the cost of, of running the department is uh, the, the Annapolis Valley Exhibition, lo- located here in Lawrence Town. We're lucky enough that we have our own canteen on site. And our big claim to fame there is our fish and chips. So haddock and uh, fresh potatoes, uh, each potato is, is spun and cut one at a time to make our home fries and fish and chips is our is our big fundraiser so we do very well off that the community supports us people come to the exhibition just some people actually pay to get in just to have our fish and chips which just blows my mind and then we used to do uh another event an auction and we found that in the fall, it's dark out and stuff like that, that we we actually gave up our auction once COVID came. We couldn't do our, the exhibition didn't go for two years because of COVID. So we got the idea that we're going to do a a drive-through fish and chips. To our surprise, it was extremely well received so much so as like we're pretty overwhelmed by the support that the community gave us and we had people driving out from halifax you know an hour and a half drive and say (laughs) you know what it's a great beautiful day just to get fish and chips (laughs) we always come to the exhibition to get fish and chips it's like you guys are crazy. But you know what? Uh, people needed to get out. People needed yeah. some sort of uh, cushion, I guess. And, and they saw the fish and chips as as a great event to just get out, drive through. You, you, you pay. You drive up. We hand them to you. And off you go. You do your thing. So we actually... Uh, we do that now to replace our fall auction. So we, we'll do the, the week-long event for the exhibition, and then we'll do a two-day event later on in the fall. But the key is uh, we can't do it any other time because you have to have fresh potatoes to make it work. You know, we're sometimes, depending on the year, we're going through, you know, 2,000
0: pounds of fresh attic. Oh, I remember the totes. It was just those massive cube totes there full of products. Uh,
2: yeah, so, products so that's there. a good... To put that in perspective, when Jamie says a tote, I want everyone to realize that is a four-foot cubic. We call it, as a fish tote. We take them for granted. We see them everywhere. But, yeah, just just to put that in perspective, that is yeah.
0: a
1: four-foot cube.
0: And it's not one. There was multiples there ready yeah. to go. So
1: Yeah, so we're, you know, our department is... Uh, it's a standalone entity, and, and we have to subsidize
0: the funding that we get from a municipal unit in order to make it work. So, yeah, that's a it's cool. I just remember being there and thinking this was a lot, right? I mean, it was the aftermath of it, but you could tell it was a lot for <laughs> it, sure.
1: It is a lot, but you know when when you get in the canteen. There's a lot of joking going on, cracking jokes and having fun and a lot of laughter. It might take a bit just getting yourself into the canteen and getting psyched up to do it, but it's a lot of fun, Once actually.
0: you're in there, it goes by oh, yeah. fast, right? Yeah, it does. It, it's it's kind of like working. these, right? Every time when we're done, people are like, that was an hour? I can't believe that was an hour, right? It just, once you're doing it, it just just rolls, right? All right, so let's jump over to Middleton, because you've been trying to get a new fire hall for quite some time now.
2: 13, 14 years we've, we've been at that, yeah, no, trying to get that going. lot of different things we've done like for fundraising on that but one of the big things that we do and have done for some time is that we do a barbecue chicken as a fundraiser so that's a half chicken dinner potato salad some coleslaw some cucumber tomato done in we do you know on average uh depending on the weekend the weather three to five hundred plus pieces of that the half We, you know we start in the morning we'll light the pit we still cook over old school charcoal and, uh, yeah, that we usually would start that event like at 6 in the morning to get the pits going and, and uh, get started mm-hmm. and do that. We would do it at the Heart of the Valley, which is an event and a festival that happens in the town of Middleton. We would do it there and a couple other events. During COVID, we'd done something similar to the Fish and Chips where we took orders online, give the option to prepay, and the same thing to do that drive-through and just pick it up on a takeout. We've, you know, started to do a few more of those. Those work out well. And we try to do, when available, uh, we'll do cater to three weddings, generally a year. We just you can only take on so much, you know, so when you commit to someone's wedding, you're, you're committed. So you got to, you know, watch your cruise, what's going on in case the tones drop, because there's a certain amount of people that they get a bride and groom and a, maybe a couple hundred guests waiting for, for chicken.
0: They're going to eat. Eh, and no they're going to eat, yeah, <laughs> no matter
2: what, so... Yeah. No. And the, the fire hall is getting close for, we're, we're literally out pretender or at this point And a request just came in for a two week extension on that, which is great. There's been a lot of interest uh, expressed. So that's good that they're all taking it serious
1: and trying to do what they can for us. And we're going to figure it out here real soon. Like I can definitely feel their pain. Uh, before I, I left Bridgetown to go into, to Laurenstown cause that was the community I, I, lived in at the time. It was 11 year ordeal for us to get our new station. And, uh, I will say I'll never do that process again. It was probably one of the worst administrative functions I have ever done, just going through the bureaucracy and red tape and everything like that along with it. But at the end of the day, we end up getting it. And I really hope this works out for Middleton they desperately need a new station.
0: Oh, I yeah. Like last time I went there, definitely was uh, it was tight. It made me sad because uh, we're going to talk about this a little later, but you got more home stuff than I've ever seen on planet Earth. <laughs> I'm trying to get far enough back to take pictures to, to show the scope of it. And, yeah. and it just wasn't possible. So, so we talk about the different uh, fire departments you're from and how you got on the fire department. And I just want to change up a little bit here. And I want you to uh, tell me what you tell people now today. So you know how you got recruited. You know how you ended up on the fire department. I want you to to take a, a second and tell me what you tell the new people to get them convinced to join up on the fire department now.
2: Wow, that's a tough one. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's a different game yeah.
2: now compared to when we joined. And, and you literally done it for the love of it and to help your community. Literally, everything is time. Everyone wants time. And a lot of don't want to give you the time commitment And what's in it for me? You know, they look for that. Some are looking for a financial reward of some sort. They don't really realize that here in the Maritimes, as compared to a lot of other places in Canada, we are 100% volunteer. So there's none of the other stuff that is elsewhere with the composite and paid on call and and so on and so forth. We don't have one paid member in the hall all the time. It's just like, you know, when the little box goes off and squeak, 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 we come a running and do what we can do to, to serve what I like to refer to as the client. It is a big commitment. You try to explain to them the best. There's a, a lot you have to be responsible for and people really need to understand what they're signing up for and what comes along with it. And I always used to... Use this line, and uh, we talked about this last night, Jamie, we were up for supper. That I say that uh, the only thing you really volunteered to do was join, and then after that, because of the changing world and the politics and everything that's behind it, you have to take on so much liability and responsibility now. You're not just a volunteer, and and I I really don't like that acronym, just a volunteer, because again, you volunteered to join. That's where it ended
1: yeah the your intake program has to to change with the times uh, back you know when I joined in in 89 times are very different in my current station that, that I'm at you know th- there's not a whole lot of industry in our little village and so at one time people lived and worked in the same place now people are traveling and commuting to work so during daytime, a lot of stations around, their members are not even in town anymore. And because we don't have any career staff on at our stations, like Hilliard said, we are 100% volunteer. The vast majority of us in, in this particular province is, is strictly the, the only kickbacks or, or rewards, I guess, we get is is our license plates are covered uh, by the province, right? which, which is the nice. province cool, does give yeah. us a $500 tax reward or cash back on our taxes. So, and that is a true tax. If you owed 500 and then you apply the firefighter and grant search and rescue, you get that as well. If you apply that, uh, that credit there, that wipes off the $500 that you owed. And then of course there's the federal tax credit as well, which, you know, I, I know there's works in trying to get that increased. So hopefully that does, but you really need to be upfront front and set expectations right off the get-go of anybody walking through your door. Because some people, you know, they're really not sure what they're getting themselves into. So adjusting your intake, especially for today's today's world, is is hugely important. And I also think you need to, departments need to take a look at retention and giving back to their membership as well. At the end of the day, we are volunteer. And the citizens that we serve and protect and the municipal units that we work under, you know, they're getting a pretty good bang for their
0: buck. Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. (laughs) Which kind of takes us into all the big challenges, right? And so it's always amazes me when I come here, the volunteer fire departments, right? They're true volunteer fire departments, right? Like even the ones that get a a little, you know, something at the end, it's just a few hundred dollars. It's not yeah. like, you know, and there's not even that many of those, right? No, the statements are small for those who do get them. That's right. Yep. And yet you still have, you know, everybody's into it, right? Like they're all in and everywhere we go, it's, uh, they're all about the fire department and protecting the community. And, and so that true kind of volunteer spirit lives here in Nova Scotia. I don't know how long it'll last. I, I feel bad because I feel in the future here, you know, there's just, Too many things that have to get done, too much paperwork, too many rules, too much stuff that you have to guarantee that you've done to have people volunteer to do it all and i think as you know in in the west it's already starting to fall off very rare is the true full volunteer fire department they're paid on call they're right there's still some don't get me wrong right and the, and they do a great job but the pressures are so great so immense that uh, you're seeing that they're having to hire full time people to take care of that and and so i i'm happy and sad for nova scotia that i'm happy that it's coming and that will relieve some of the pressure from the volunteers but I'm still also sad that that'll kill a little piece of the, the fire culture here. Yeah. One thing I can say in my limited travel that I'm privileged to do
1: because I'm being on some boards that I'm on, there are very few that I talk to now that are not paid on call. What we have here is really a rarity. From what I can see, and I know it does still exist across the country, but I think it's it's on a bigger scale here, the true volunteer firefighter, because paid on call seems to be the dominant thing that that we're seeing, and uh, we just haven't we just haven't caught up to that. But it's coming; it has to come because it doesn't matter what volunteer organization you belong to, whether it's a Lions Club or Rotary Club or whatever, everybody is struggling to get volunteers. I think it's a, it's a life style change that a lot of people you know they want quality time with their family and they want to be able to go to work and come home and not have to worry about other stuff well when you're on a fire department there's other stuff to worry about
0: all the time and again that's part of that dedication level you see out here in nova scotia is they're not just there when the pager goes they're not just there for training they're there every day they're stopping in, they're helping out, they're, you know, they're taking phone calls on their personal phones in their personal time to help out with fire department business that's everybody pitches in every day, everywhere sort of thing. And so that's where I say it's a double-edged sword for me because I love it and I love to see it, but I also can see what a strain that is on the whole service uh, everywhere that I've been, right? PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, it's it's hard and it's going to change, right? It It will. Like it or not, it it's, has to, it's on yeah. a collision course with change. And, yeah. and that's going to be a tough thing, right? I think out here, I call them the cell phone generation, right? They're on the cell phone. And the, and so an 18-year-old kid is figuring out a couple of things. What You know, how am I going to get some kind of vehicle because I want wheels because that makes me mobile? And how am I going to put fuel in that thing, insure it, and pay for my cell phone bill? It's really the things they're looking for. And so in these other provinces where the paid-on-call system is really kicked in, That's where they're getting that. It's not a lot of money, but it's a little bit every month that helps to pay for those things that, and so, but it adds up, right? I mean, I know places that have, uh, you know, 160 firefighters and do 600 grand a year and paid on call fees. I know other ones that have 60,000 for the whole year for 125 people and they just divvy it up. So it's not that much, but it's something, right? Yeah. And we we do have the odd department around it is doing some sort of a paid
1: on call system. But that's few and far between, but the vast majority, and we have a lot of departments, we have over 300 plus departments in this province that, you know, it's,
0: some are doing better than others. And uh, some are just barely scraping by. And a lot of it is the diversity in how you run the fire service over here in Nova Scotia, right? So you, you talked about your fire department being a society and they own all the assets versus one or where the town. the town owns all yep. the assets and, and they are just letting you operate it, right? And then there's the commission and there's like there's a lot of things going on here that uh, will all eventually get straightened out by the government too, right? The, the models are there's a lot of different models <laughs> there yeah. is here yeah. yeah
2: and you know we just to go back a minute like we talked about like joining and whatnot like uh so jamie you and mike both like join when you were in your teens and we all know like generally the average age coming through the door signing up now as a volunteer is probably 30 plus kids the young ones do not join anymore yeah. they, they just don't once people have completely settled down got a family moved in somewhere they're like Okay, I want to give back. I I, I want to do something, but yeah, we're not getting them. And you know, probably my personal opinion with the average turnover time of a volunteer. Now we talked about this again, like when you come down here, the how long the volunteers have been in the service. Oh, probably something. now you you three to five
0: years as a turnover. I started in ninety one, so a couple of years after Mike and Paul. And uh, you know, it, where I'm from, I that's a big career. Thirty two year guy, people are like, oof right? I come over here and they're like, hey, kid, get out of the way. <laughs> There's, there was a guy the other night there, 58 years, 50 years, like it's, uh, you know, 30 years is you're just getting warmed up over here in Nova Scotia, right?
1: Yeah, but I th- think those days are are few and far between. The days of, I'll call them the lifers of always being a volunteer firefighter. I, I think the expectancy is is
0: if you can get 15 years out of somebody now, I think you're doing very well. Oh, for sure. Watson was talking about that the other day, right? And he's 46 years or something like that. But uh, talking about, you know, 15 year guy, will be this holy. But when I first started, we had a 10 year membership in our fire department, got you a lifetime membership. If you could make it to 10 years, you'd, right? No one ever did it. There was like six guys on the wall for the whole fire department. Now. Our walls, well. <laughs> your walls would be wallpapered with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? Everybody makes it yeah. Uh
1: But like I said, I'm, I'm confident in saying that those individuals are going to be few and far between now. Yeah. The service is different.
0: All right. So let's talk a little bit about the COVID experience because out here in the Maritimes, you guys, uh you were on lockdown, no question about it, right? Nobody in, nobody out, nobody moving around. How, what was that like? Because you still got to run these fire departments and make the calls and do the- the well, time it was crazy
2: the lockdown what we went through there basically it ended our meetings our trainings our get-togethers and uh, those of us You know, like us three, this is what we do. We live for this stuff. Losing the family and the brotherhood, like not getting out to to see the guys and the gals, like, you know, it was driving us all crazy. we done different things in uh, Middleton. We tried some uh, some online meetings, which was great. Get a few people out, get them together, see some faces. Uh, We tried some online training. It just it's hard. Like, really, it's like, how do you teach ladders on a virtual training session? It's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Truck checks is a very big thing in, in my department. What we done to do those, we staggered them instead of the whole crews going in when we could at least have a certain amount of people in the hall. We would, uh, the captains would sort out and like, I'm going to go in a Monday. Okay, I'll go in Tuesday. I'll go in Wednesday and, and get that done. And, uh, you know, always masked, only coming to the hall on a call, like, Yeah, it was
1: crazy stuff. Yeah, the world was, uh, it didn't do us any good, I can can tell you that. But, you know, as an association, uh, our our good buddy Daniel Cheeseman, he created a a training website that we're able to push out to all the departments, and we put... YouTube links and links to other firefighting pages and stuff like that so people can still do something on their own at home. I'm a firm believer in just even watching some videos that you can take something away from those. But losing that uh, the actual hands-on training, a lot of people lost interest in the fire service. A lot of people who were spending a lot of time, and me included, a lot of time and invested in the fire service realized that there's another world out here besides the fire service. There's other things that I can do that's not fire related. So I kind of lost a good chunk of passion for the fire service for a while. And I'm, I'm still rebuilding it right now. But, uh, you know, myself, I'm coming back. Unfortunately, we saw a lot of people who just dropped off. They, they didn't come back. And I appreciate that. and I, I respect that decision yeah. because sometimes you can get too invested in uh, organizations and uh maybe it takes an event like we just had to open our eyes a little bit. So I don't do as much as I once did, but I'm doing what I enjoy doing. And so I am prioritizing a few things.
0: And I think maybe that's maybe the good part that came out of COVID for everybody, right? Um, Was the pace we were at before it came sustainable for most people, right? You're just on this hamster wheel going at full tilt all day, every day. And you jump out at the end of the day tired, and you didn't really go anywhere. You ran a hundred miles, but didn't go anywhere.
1: Yeah, there's days I still feel like that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm just getting things straightened out for myself and, and prioritizing things. So, uh, but we wear a lot of hats, buddy. We do. <laughs> you, you and I, like we wear a lot of hats. Yeah, we're we're in a lot of organizations. That's really uh, yeah. we, on we a, lot do a lot of things. We do a lot of things and a lot of boards and stuff like that, and, and starting to. Weed a few of those boards out of out of my life right now, and really prioritizing which ones I'm I'm really enjoying, and that's what I'm gonna stick with.
0: And that makes sense, right? I mean, uh, if you got some passion for it, it makes it easier to show up for the meetings. It and does, yeah. Talk the talk, and yeah, you know, you guys were talking about being at the CVFSA trade show and. That's an organization that I really miss, right? as was an ambassador for them and, and helped out with lots of things. Spoke there many times. Didn't get to go to Saskatchewan this year because I decided to take my grandson to Disneyland instead. Oh, well, we're yeah. worried about you, though. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, you guys were – you thought I was yeah. in Florida. You were checking yeah. out if I was all hurricaned <laughs> yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Fiona. I was like, "Yeah, are you out of like, town, dude? See, Couch, you yeah. need to yeah. answer our text yeah. messages. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Answer our calls. You got so, yeah. your storm chips? Yeah. You yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, those, those parts are uh, – It's funny how the world just connects you like that. Another board I found out that you're on while we were at the school. So we went to the Nova Scotia Firefighter School and that was cool. I mean, I got to tell you, like, as far as places on earth go, that would be right up there with a beautiful, beautiful place to build a fire training uh, school right on the lake. Well, the the, the setting is beautiful, right? Yeah. 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 The uh, you know the buildings are getting old, but like some of the props, the the new live fire props only a few years old, and and your gas props like that helicopter. Man, I'm telling helicopter you, I was car. drooling yeah. on that thing. Right?
1: Five-story C-can. Right? Yeah, we've got some great video because our our county level one, our, their 1001 class, and when they go through, they always do their live fire training at the school. So we've got some fantastic video of our classes going through there.
0: Yeah, yeah. there there wasn't much that I could think of that you can't do there, right? So
1: yeah, no lots of good space, thought,
0: and- uh Yep. Yeah couple of young go-getters there. Uh, Brendan and James showed us around and, and uh, we didn't get to see everyone. John got to meet the executive director and uh, the lady that works downstairs there at the front desk. She was great. Uh, the registrar, I think she is. You know, everyone was super. They walked us around the whole site and showed us the whole building and uh, for me, it's always cool when you go to the training academies. We got to go to the PEI one as well, and of course, you know I'm a big fan of training, and had a big one in Slave Lake when we were there, and and uh, so it was just fun to go there and and see that. But I really, just as soon as you pull over the hill and you look down onto the site, and you know, I just can't even imagine. You don't being expect allowed, that when you come over that oh, little grade. No, you know, to be allowed to train in a in a scene some scenery like that is uh, yeah. phenomenal, right? So.
2: So Mike and I are, are um, at large, directors at large there, and then we're, we're both, Mike is the uh, first chair on uh, the executive, and I'm the, uh, I'm the secretary at the school. So yeah, guys, uh, It's typically you two, eh?
0: If you're in, you're all in. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, for some reason, we're <laughs> yeah. kind of joined at the hip on yeah. a lot of stuff that we do yeah. right
1: now, which, yeah. uh, which is interesting, but it's also fun, because now, now we have a, a partner in crime, we call it, and, and uh, yeah, we're two peas in a pod, that's for sure. As I
0: look over and you're both arms crossed, yeah. swaying in your yeah. chair. Yeah. Uh, you guys are about as in sync as two people uh, I've yeah, ever met, you, so, it's, uh, well, yeah, it's, only,
1: it's scary. Yeah, actually, yeah. We will not tell you the comments that our wives have but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. about
2: our relationship. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, And,
1: and, yeah. and, and, and you know, we went to Saskatchewan together and now we're yeah. next week, uh, you know, we're planning to go to Ottawa for uh, volunteer firefighters of Canada or formerly CVFSA and for board meetings there and, stuff like that so what's the new name so the uh, cvfsa canadian volunteer fire service association is uh we're we're still keeping that name but that's the we'll call that the the mothership name but we're rebranding to vfc so volunteer firefighters of canada which is is that brand has been around for a little bit and uh our official kickoff for that will be at our agm on i think it's december 2nd or december
0: 3rd okay december 3rd new logo new website so
1: (laughs) So, anyways, it's, uh, it's it's just a name change, really, and we're we're rebuilding the organization right now, and um, we've got some good contacts that that we're working with and, and getting some some perks for our membership that are, are yet to be announced, but uh, we will have some announcements at the uh, at the AGM for uh, that. I as mean, well. I
0: loved working with the organization, right? It's all great people and. And uh, some really big names like over the years, Duracell and Giant Tiger.
1: Yep. And they're they're all still uh, contributing partners. And uh, we very very much appreciate their partnership with our organization
0: and uh, looking to expand and grow those partnerships as well. So, yeah. Sounds good. So if anyone's listening, they can just phone you up is what you're saying. Just yeah. shameless plug out there. There we bro. go.
2: There we go. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: shameless
2: plug. plug <laughs> up, check out the website, cvfsa.ca. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Awesome. New yeah. site.
1: More yeah, new site and uh more stuff to come. So
0: good stuff. All right. We're moving on to the future of the Nova Scotia Fire Service. You guys tell me what you see out there, right? You probably got less ahead of you than you've already put in behind you. So what what do you see in the, the final miles of your volunteer firefighter careers? Now, that's probably not fair because here in Nova Scotia, you could still put another 50 years in. But
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I can tell you, this cat's not. <laughs> this Get cat it. is definitely on a downhill swing <laughs> uh, or downhill slide, I guess. Where do I see us? I, I truly see us going and moving towards more of a model like you're accustomed to out in Alberta and and West and other parts of Canada where we're probably going to end up with station chiefs, paid chiefs, we're going to end up with, I'll call it oversight, proper oversight, engagement from municipal units with our fire service because there's a lot of municipal units that truly are not engaged with their fire service at all. Although we get funding from them, there's little to no oversight provided by them and i hate to say this but i truly think the way of the future is there are probably going to be fewer stations with the cost of everything it's through the roof right now i truly think that the smaller stations and even some of the bigger stations trying to sustain the apparatus alone of what you currently have in today's world is not sustainable we're fast moving in that direction where you're not going to be able to buy the custom trucks that you once used to, there'll always be the problems that will be able to do that. And municipal units that will always be able to do that. But in the smaller have not municipal units, they're not going to be able to sustain that. And I see that happening sooner than later with the apparatus closing down the stations. No, I think we're a little ways away from that, but I think that uh, if you actually take a look at how many fire departments we have in this province,
0: we have a lot. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. Do you think they'll close stations or maybe just uh, reduce the amount of apparatus at stations and say work together better? That's a
1: really good question. I think that there's lots of models out there and examples of how you can make this work with little pain to the communities, because let's be honest, fire departments in communities are, in many communities are the backbone of those communities. And I hope that uh, once municipal leaders get engaged with this, that they realize that. These departments were started with local funds and you know they built them from the bottom, from the ground up to what they are today. So my hope is that We don't just outright close, that we take a look at all types of models that are out there and say, how do we make this work? Do we have too much apparatus? Yeah, I'm not the most popular person for saying we have too much apparatus, because we do. In a lot of places in this province, there's too many pieces of apparatus.
0: Yeah, I think they all know it right? Just yep. no one wants to give it up. And it, it's kind of that rigging up for the top call that's going to take every piece you got in the house instead of you know finding that middle ground and calling your neighbor.
1: Right. But let's be honest, our mutual aid that we have here is second to none you know, here in the valley, there's a fire department, you know, no more typically than 11, 12, maybe 15 minutes away from you. It is no
0: problem in getting mutual aid from your neighbors. I see it on Facebook all those mornings I talk about, right? I'd like to thank these 14 fire departments for helping out with a tanker shuttle, which, uh, you know, you're running these superior tanker shuttles out here. But again, then sometimes you wonder, is that, you know, are we just letting the municipality off the hook. They don't have to put in hydrants and a good water system because we can run these tanker shuttles for cheap. And as that uh, starts to dwindle away, will they have to look at other models to keep it all going? It's, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on in every province in Canada. You you just got some stuff going on here that uh, seems like it come to a head sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I think it will. I
0: think
2: some become from, for whatever reason, it seems to be easier for us in Nova Scotia not all but for the most it's easier to get money for a piece of apparatus than it is to get money for a building don't know yeah. why it's it's the funding formula that was that was generated on the big picture the municipal people need to get more involved and probably provincially needs to get more involved so a few years back the nova scotia government put uh, workers compensation in for uh, the wcb for their all nova scotia firefighters you know there's still some kinks and and to get a little bit out of that but you know That was a good thing when the provincial government stepped in and and got involved a little bit and and given us that. That was a great thing. I would say, you know, to elaborate on what Mike said, some of the bigger departments are going to need a paid administrative chief. There's so much paperwork to this than what there used to be. And it doesn't end with parking the rig back in the hall, putting the hose back onto it. There is a ton of paperwork and reports and everyone seems to want to report now from the office of the fire marshal to, to the county. For us, the town wants a report, you know, so on and so forth. So I can foresee busier departments having a paid administrative chief and an operations chief. That administrative chief on some of the smaller departments that aren't doing as many calls might be assigned to two, three, four, five stations to look after that and assist and help them get all this paperwork done because it it reflects the funding. And it's really, really important to get that done to get the funding. So yeah, they, they
0: have to become more engaged. You see a lot of that in different places, regional fire coordinator, right? So they're not so much the chief as they are, just the person that helps coordinate the maintenance and the paperwork and the training and some of that stuff. So well, we know who's rounds next. Yeah, that's it. Case of yep. Beer, Mike. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> um, so
1: we are starting to see a, an uptake of uh, fire service coordinators for municipal units in this province, which I, I think is a good thing. It's the way of the future for us, and
0: it's a good step in the right direction. All right. So, Hillard, I want to talk a little bit about Challenge Coins. I know that you hate to talk about this. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so for Growing Up Fire, a lot of you out there bought our challenge coins, received our challenge coins. You're the man behind the the designs, behind the, the coins themselves. You're working on one for the City of Chestermere Fire Service for us right now. Yep and uh your just, season three yeah season three that's you just yep. sent me the final design on that the yep. other day so that's coming out uh the ktc tribal council yep. coins i uh, was
2: really excited to get that one to to be able to land that and and, and thank you for the little help and like there's this guy in Nova Scotia. He'll, he'll, he'll help you <laughs> out, set you up. Call this uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, stoked to get that one. That was that was a lovely order. It's a, it's a beautiful coin. There's not a lot of them, if, you, if you're fortunate enough, and I know you were, to get a set of that six. Uh, but that is in the collection of coins. Those are going to be highly sought after. We talked about how those are passed out. Uh, but yeah, that
0: they're, they're going to be awesome. So you're doing a great job. I love it because I just uh, can start with a rough idea, right? And just kind of shoot you a few messages. Next thing you know, you're sending me yeah. different. I'm probably like the pain in the butt customer that nobody likes to talk about. But
2: <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's easy. You know, when you, when you have a relationship with someone and, and know a bit about them and whatnot, doing it is easy for the client who would contact me and said, well, I want this and you can do the, you know, do your thing on the back like, I, I really don't know you, your department like, yes, man, right. I need yeah. pictures. Like what's, and then I'll say like, send me pictures of your apparatus, show me pictures of your, your meeting room, your club. Cause I'm looking for a saying that they might not realize it take for granted that's on the wall. Like I need some of that, uh, some of that feedback, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's spun off uh, kind of have to, Sort of blame Mike a little bit for getting me going, but back in I think I guess it was what 2017. Mike at uh, 2017, my first indie yep, trip. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh,
2: well, actually, before that, at uh, FDIC Atlantic, uh, bought a coin from our good friend Lasker Plunk. Uh, he was there. I wanted the carrier. I was starting to learn about coins. I wanted the carrier coin. I bought one from him. It is in, and I can Jamie. I can show you for proof. It's in my my left front pocket, buddy. It's a carrier coin. Yeah, it's always there uh yeah uh, i'm telling you i always tell them at the department unless i got my pajama pants on that is in my left front that is uh, my
1: first coin yeah. i've ever ever purchased Yep, and got they, they just threw them down i yep. think i go around yeah <laughs> and, and
2: uh i know you guys can't see them but they're actually identical mine or mike's is colored mine is not i i thought at the time like oh i don't want to get this color it's going to be in my pocket i'm going to you know Beat this thing uh, to death, but uh, no, it's got good wear, good tarnish. It does for yeah, sure. Yeah, so it went from that. So yeah. it went from a uh, you know something I wanted for me in the fire service to a collection, to a hobby, to a passion that turned into a <laughs> a good nightmare. That you know I had to feed my habit and and start with that. And so done uh, literally my first official sale was uh, in PEI at Mishkush with uh, Travis Cadet. That was actually my first official sale to them and like yeah no one it just went from there so coins name tags badges like yeah it's just uh, it's just exploding all the time
1: yeah i help. i think a little part of that created a tiny little part of you being a little monster you are now Challenge <laughs> yeah, that's it yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah you broke them yeah yeah so uh, we went this far we might as well go the rest of the way with the shameless plugs here what uh, give them some contact details
2: so, you can find me uh, on the World Wide Web at uh, ca. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook under the same titles. Nice. Uh, yeah, I like to post everything that I do on
0: there and yeah no if you got any trouble tracking them down you know yes everyone that listens to this can track me down easy and uh i know how to track him down easy so yeah we always answer each other pretty quick (laughs) like yeah try to make sure that we're on the right timeline (laughs) right i'm sending him stuff and i was like i'll just get this one email done before midnight and i forget that it's 3 a.m and right i wake up and he's just a few hours later he's already up (laughs) and just send me back and yeah but uh, once we get that figured out, it's all good. Uh, Mike, you were talking about something that I want to jump to quick. You you also work with EMS here in Nova Scotia. And, yeah. and of course, that's a hot topic across the country, right? The fire service I work for, we're trying to figure out whether we go to BLS or stay at MFR. Or, and in Alberta, obviously, you've probably heard of some of that stuff. It's similar problems as you cross the country, right? Not enough paramedics, not enough ambulances, call volumes are up. Obviously, COVID made it worse. And now it's... Uh, kind of going, but I don't really want to concentrate on the negative. I, um, one of the things that you talked about that I thought was super cool. And I'm, I see spreading a little bit here and there was the transfer rigs.
1: Yeah. So one of the new initiatives that, uh, that came out, uh, be, I'm going to say because of COVID and current, uh, Healthcare crisis that we have right across the entire country is our new transfer program. So right now we we do have vehicles that are on. They are they're staffed. They're called transfer operators, and uh, they're non clinicians. They're not paramedics. And a lot of people might just be shaking their head and saying, "Holy cow, what's going on here?" But at the end of the day, transfer services are are something that's not new. There's lots of transfer services out there that exist in many communities. This is just one that happens to be run by the provincial EMS system. So it's no different than, than the ones that have been around for years. The big difference with this is many of our transfer vehicles have stretchers in
0: them oh so you can actually do the laydown transport instead right. of the so okay
1: it's so we have we have uh vehicles that uh if you're ambulatory or in a wheelchair and stuff like that then, then we can take you that's that's not a problem but then we do have the the odd client that is not ambulatory i shouldn't say the odd a lot of our clients are not ambulatory they simply need reliable means of transportation back home or back to the nursing home or whatever they do not need a paramedic clinician To be doing that or system status vehicle and taking that vehicle out of the system to do this return home and reserve those vehicles for the emergency calls that are coming in and allow our transfer units to actually do these returns. So we do have paramedic transfer operator model that if you do need some some care and stuff like that, there is still paramedic. And then we have our two transfer operators and we have single operation units. At the end of the day, these vehicles are making a huge difference in our system. And taking a lot of transfers off of our system status paramedic vehicles and uh, making a big difference. We've had medics come out and say they can't remember the last time that they've actually done a true basic transfer of taking somebody back to a nursing home or returning them home. Obviously, the paramedics are, are being reserved to to do the, the necessary transfers for, that they need to do. And the goal of the provincial government is to get that the uh, paramedic units are only doing 5% of the transfers in a run of a day. Right now, we're down around
0: 20%. Yeah. And I mean, those transfers will be the most critical ones, obviously. And, Absolutely. Right? Yep, so. Yep.
1: So, so the goal is to reserve the paramedic units for emergency calls and not utilize them for those transfers that do not
0: need clinician care. Yeah, and it's working. I hope it'll keep continuing and other people will be picking it up. I think everyone's kind of trying to figure out the model, right? But
1: yeah, and there are, you know, I know Saskatchewan has a model out there now that that, that they're implementing and there's a few other uh, systems across the country that are, are doing a similar thing. And uh, at the end of the day, it's taken a long time to get here. Years and years and years ago, there was a model like this in the Halifax area and it worked, now we're, we're kind of going back to something that's been around for a while or hasn't been around for a while, rejuvenating the, that program, and it just happens to be run by the provincial EMS system. And having vehicles with stretcher capability for taking those individuals that are, are not ambulatory is, is, like I said, making a big difference to the EMS system.
0: Yeah, so we talked about that. I mean, these are you know that affects fire departments. We're going to these calls. We're waiting for the ambulance. Whereas we're trying to help, right? And so if some of that call volume gets taken away and ambulance get there quicker, it affects us all. So yeah, and, and
1: you know we do have a medical first response program that's uh, sponsored by our by Emergency Health Services Nova Scotia. It's a volunteer program. If a department wants to join, then the province does provide you with BLS equipment, MFR equipment. So you, you do get an AED. You get euro two and all your consumables that is all taken care of yes. your online ordering
0: form you just order and it magically yeah. appears Alberta at your could take some notes so
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's been around for for 20 years
0: all right back to uh hillard and i want to talk some about your whole matro stash <laughs> We had a little bit. This is, uh, people could, uh, anything you want, if it's not in the Hall Matro catalog, you could ask him about it. He could tell you about it. So I, I want to hear a little bit about, I know you told me this story before, but all these people didn't get to hear it, about, you know, why you have that volume of stuff in the truck and where it all came from. And
2: <laughs> We've got a bit. I remember when I said to you, when one of the last times you were down and you hadn't been to our Hall for a visit, and uh, you were talking about, uh, about that, um, and you were selling a little bit of that through Seahawk and, and whatnot. And I'm like, you got to come to my hall. I said, you know, I'm, I'm a catalog and you're like, no, I said, I, I probably got more in my hall than you got in your warehouse. And you're like, nah, <laughs> until you showed up. Oh yeah. Uh, our rescue truck, I mean, if you pretty much name it, we got it. Now I will say we're all still hydros. We haven't gone to any e-tools at all. We've been, you know, talking with the with the chiefs that we'd like to like to go with Starting some the some alley. e-tools. Yeah. That the chief is uh, old school in that way, likes the hydro. You know, do I love the hydro? Yeah, but I would really love to have some e-tools for that for that quick pop, and maybe you just need to do a door pop. Quickly, and that's it. E-Tool is, is bang on, so it'll, it'll, it'll get you going.
0: Maybe the Canada rep, Henry Payton, will be listening right now, yeah, and he'll yeah. uh, show up and demo some yeah. stuff for your chief there. Yeah,
2: exactly. But no, we've got a serious, uh, serious amount of gear. We've got, on our rescue truck, there's uh, cutters, spreaders of all different sizes, you know, right down to the uh, steering wheel cutter. We have a full-blown collapse kit that's all there. We have the airbags. So that's on one truck. And then we go over to, uh, over to engine 11 and, uh, you know, we got the the new latest and greatest, uh, hydro combi tool on there. Uh, you know, another set of spreaders, hydraulic rams on both, like, yeah, no, we, we've got a lot of gear, a lot going on. But just different incidents over the years, you just, you tend to get it. And and uh, the chief and the previous chief always, every time when we had a big call or something went wrong, he's just like, what tool do we need to make this better the next time? What do we need? Back at one time, Middleton had a lot of gear when some other departments didn't have any. So we've done a little bit more mutual aid with our tools. Uh, others have come up and, and through... Uh, through funding and and of them doing fundraising and so on and so forth and their our, our great 5050 uh, lottery, firefighters lottery in Nova Scotia. A lot of departments have you know been able to buy that most municipal units do not fund us for vehicle extraction in this province so we've had to fundraise and do all that but we've been fortunate to, to have it man it, it's great gear i'm like you jamie i'm an Hamacho guy all the all the way <laughs> all, it, in, right, yeah. all in yeah i believe exactly. <laughs> Yeah, love, love their gear
1: i don't even think that explanation says what they really got <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the, the most massive tickle trunk of fomatro trinkets this little whatever for this and this and this it's amazing what they've got we we literally
2: have compartments full like you go to 31 you roll up the door there's top to bottom yeah yeah. it's a walk-in rescue and outside there's walking
0: the it's all that's all the
2: the, the turtle yeah walking
0: i phoned my buddy henry there and i said that i found your home metro strangled (laughs) strangled. like (laughs) i i know you got a lot at the plant but I know where you keep the rest up here in Canada. <laughs> Holy cow! And uh, it's a lot. It's cool. There's nothing that you couldn't do rescue wise with the all-metro yeah. the equipment that no. you got there. It,
2: it, it's an insane amount of an insane amount of gear. Um, we love it. We feel we're ready for anything that can come our way for that, and and that's a good feeling to have. I mean, you don't always have that feeling in the fire service. There's many departments that lack tools, and and uh, yeah, to be able
1: to have that kind of gear. Well, one thing that you alluded to is the the Nova Scotia Firefighters 50-50 draw. That's a very unique 50-50 draw that we have going on here in the province that has allowed many departments to go out and purchase stuff that equipment that they needed but weren't necessarily funded for because like i said before uh, there's a lot of have-not departments in in the province as well and this has been a a blessing in disguise for them so it's and the draw is still going strong uh the jackpot weekly is always over a hundred thousand dollars
0: christmas new year's it'll the you know the take home will be half a million Yeah. yeah and, and I think that uh, you're seeing other, like, Saskatchewan starting to grab that and, and roll that out. It's not as successful yet. It's not as big yet. But, uh, yeah, a lot of your jackpots are massive.
1: It will take a little bit of time to get it going. But uh, fortunately, here for the fire service in Nova Scotia, this raffle, which is administered by the Amherst Fire Department, and thank you to them for, yeah, for awesome. doing that, it's done phenomenally well. Timing. So they started this just pre-COVID.
2: It was... It was like every other province back when they first started. It wasn't doing that well. COVID hit. People couldn't get out. Right. Everyone wanted to help. I mean, firefighters, fire departments were struggling with fundraising events that they couldn't hold. They couldn't do bingos or barbecues, fish and chip sales. Like This 50-50 give us an avenue. Stores and everything were closed. People couldn't get out and, and uh, buy lotto tickets and so on and so forth. And they, you know, love the fact that the money is like right in their community. You, you pick your department that you're helping support and they loved it and people bought in. So with us, it grew and with that big jackpot, it's just hung. It's, it's just
0: stayed with us and it's phenomenal. It's awesome, eh? Buy firefighters for firefighters. Let the public help us out. Yeah. It's uh, kind of an incredible... Awesome. Guys have enjoyed our time here together. I got to tell you that uh, that's a perfect place to wrap it up, uh, talking about how we can make it through all of these things. And uh, you guys always have such great insight. I love running into you. I love chatting with you. And I just wanted to share some time with the folks that listen to the podcast and hear all the stuff you got to say. So. Yeah, we're,
1: we're glad and happy that you brought your road manager with you this time. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. uh, fantastic. Great. That's, yeah. Uh, she's yeah. more
0: popular than me, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great.
2: It's great seeing you guys. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's always uh, it's always great to meet and hook up, and we always try to – to get a meal in together when you're, when you're around. And, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great to see you. It's always good to talk online. And I know you're right there, like you've always said with the texts or a messenger message, but uh, yeah, there's nothing like a face-to-face man.
0: Be an open person. Exactly. All right. Thanks boys. Thanks. Thanks. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to growing up fire today. Follow me on Instagram at chief coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.